You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Filling in for Herb, Jimmy Smith, TigerDetails.com. I'm Christian Garrick, hour three of Tiger Tailgating on the campus of LSU. And starting to see it, the swell of fans work their way through. And, look, and another thing, Jimmy, everybody thinks that if you're an LSU fan, right, from the fan, that you, you can't root for other schools. Like, I want to see every school in this state, whether it's from Nichols to LSU to the directional school, Northwestern State University, I want to see all of them have success. Uh, there's no – why can't we as a state go, yeah, it's, it's another in-state school. Let's, uh, you want to see them do well. Yeah, and I think especially for LSU fans, there's really no in-state competition. Right. Let's be real here. I can understand why a Louisiana Lafayette fan might not want to root for La Tech or Tulane because they're, they're basically on the same level fighting for the same kids, so on. If you're an LSU fan, I mean, why not support all these other schools? You know, uh, we, we don't have the strongest uh, collegiate structure in the state. You know, and, and, and the whole state prospers when, when teams are successful. And, and let's be honest, sports rule this state. They dominate this state. So I pull for, for kids. That's how, who I pull for. So when I look at this Louisiana Tech roster, I'm familiar with 12, 15 of these guys. So when I'm watching this game today, I'm, I'm going to be internally cheering for them as individuals, you know. And, and I'm hoping La Tech can put a, a good foot forward today and, and have a strong showing and, and help their program grow and prosper as well. Uh, I do think LSU is going to walk away with this game, but I'd like to see La Tech uh, give a good showing for their program. Have some, some success, whether it's individually mm-hmm. or as a team. You know, one of the things that I like that, that Coach O has done a really good job of, I think, is embracing those those schools, right, you know, working camps with them, mm-hmm. satellite camps with them and stuff like that, going to Southeastern, going to La Tech, and genuinely having respect for those schools because he knows he's not recruiting against them. He's recruiting against Nick Saban, against Jimbo Fisher, Urban Meyer, he's not recruiting against Skip Holtz. He's just not. Right. And he's got a lot of friends on a lot of these staffs at mm-hmm. these other programs. And, and he's an all-Louisiana guy. And he knows the, the importance of all these programs having some success and, and how it could really benefit LSU. Uh, the more top football programs there are in the state, the more teams that are playing well, the more attention comes to Louisiana football as a whole. So uh, he knows they're not competing with them. Uh, they're on separate levels. So he does what he can. He, he reached out to Tulane about uh, working with them on a camp together and things of that nature. Which will help Tulane. It helps tremendously. Tulane tremendously. You know, it, it's a big draw uh, for Tulane to, to have LSU's coaches on staff and bring in prospects that might not have uh, come look otherwise. So uh, it's really good for these other programs. Ed, Ed's definitely embraced it, and, and I think they're all benefiting from it. What's the benefit for LSU? When we're talking about they're not recruiting the same kids. What's the benefit there? Maybe just kind of keeping your foot on the throat of the com- competition. You know what I mean? Uh, and also, I think maybe we should look at this kid. Like, maybe maybe we don't have it totally right. You know, there mm-hmm. might be one or two kids mm-hmm. at one of these camps that you go, hmm, he, I watched him on tape, but I've seen him in person. Now it's a little different. Yeah, yeah, and, I, and that's actually happened. You know, um, LSU was at a camp um, a couple of years ago, and, and Derek Stingley, the guy we were talking about a little while ago that committed, uh, they were in, working in conjunction with Tulane on that camp, and that's where they saw Derek Stingley. And so, uh, yeah, it, it allows them to get it. Uh, to maybe, you know, find someone that was under the radar for them or, or get a, another look at it. You can't over-evaluate kids. You just can't. And they're limited how many options they have, how many opportunities they have to go see these kids. The NCAA regulates it uh, strictly. So all they have is film from high school games. They want to see it in person. They want to see how they respond to coaching. And the more opportunities you have to get kids around, around the coaches, uh, it certainly benefits their ability to evaluate. You've been a big part of the uh, the growing seven-on-seven passing mm-hmm 
at the high school level and in particular, how does how has that helped the development of some of these receivers and quarterbacks? We're seeing, I think, tell me if I'm wrong here, we're seeing more polished passers early in college at the freshmen and sophomores that come in right away because of that ability to play the seven-on-seven pass. Am I wrong there? No, you're not wrong at all. And, you know, with the program I was involved with and I started Louisiana Bootleggers, you know, we have a lot of former NFL players on staff. J.J. McCluskey is now coaching cornerbacks at, at Tulane. Ryan Clark's the head coach now. I mean, these guys are phenomenal football players and coaches, and they train some NFL players. And so when you can have a 16-, 17-year-old learn from guys like that, uh, it just it, it speeds up the, the evolution. It speeds up the, the progress and the development. And, and one thing these kids do, a lot of these kids that are the alpha males, the alpha dogs on their team, um, they don't get to play with or against guys of their caliber very often. Yeah. And so there's a speed adjustment when you get to college. If you're a quarterback and you're throwing the guys that run 4-9, 4-8, 40s, and then all of a sudden you're on a college campus and these guys run 4-4, 4-5, it's really hard to make that adjustment with timing and things of that nature. So when they get out with, with other athletes that are on the same level, and get to make the adjustment and the speed of the game, it just kind of makes it easier for them to, to you know, grow once they get on college campuses. Who's the the most impressive in-state quarterback that you've seen? Who we've we've had some good ones. Um, I mean, I'm talking about currently. Can you, can you talk about that one? Yeah, T.J. Finley, Ponchatoula High School, um, 6'6", 6'7", 235 yards, uh, 235 pounds. Uh, we just went to his high school last week and kind of did a film breakdown. I wanted to see his intellect. He had 636 yards passing and nine touchdowns a couple weeks ago against Denham Springs in one game. Goodness. 18 com- uh, completions in a row, which is phenomenal because these are high school receivers wow. that aren't college prospects. So, I mean, you've got to really stick it in the stomach for these guys to catch 18 balls in a row. And, and just sitting with him and breaking down the film and, and how he was noticing the leverage of the corner and how he where he knew how to – uh, when to throw the ball and where to throw it and things of that nature. I mean, T.J. Finley is phenomenal. He's only 16 years old, 6'6", 235 wow. pounds, and, uh, and really high intellect. So he's definitely the best in the state right now, regardless of class. Uh, and I think, you know, LSU is going to do everything they can to keep him uh, locked in for 2020 class because they're going to need a starting quarterback in two years. Mm-hmm. And it could be a true freshman like T.J. Finley that, that fights for that job. And not a bad not a bad way to bring him along if Miles Brennan can get you a year. Yeah. If, if, he, my, if he redshirts, he doesn't play. He, he plays in just four games this year. He can redshirt, and then he'll still have another year of eligibility as well. Yeah. LSU has two quarterbacks on the roster. Let's remember that. Two scholarship quarterbacks on the roster right now. Um, they need to find the, the, the next guy. And uh, T.J. Finley certainly has all the characteristics of being pretty special. Wow, 6'6", 235, and he's not, he's not done growing. No, he's not, you know, and, and you wonder, <laughs> is he going to outgrow football? I mean, we haven't seen many 6'8 quarterbacks, you know, and, and uh, I think LSU lists them as 6'7". You know, I say 6'6". Six, six, um, he, he could be 6'7". That's all right. Herb Tyler was listed at, at, at six foot. He, was, he told me the other day he's 5'9". Yeah, five eight and a half. Right, and he he'll, he'll, he's not here to. He, he would tell you that. He told me. He told me flat out. He's like, they listed me at six foot, but that just goes to show you the success that he had as mm-hmm. a passer at five foot nine. He he beat the odds. The success he had at, at LSU. Yeah, phenomenal talent, really. I mean, let's call it what it is. If the guy's six foot one, six foot two, he probably plays a long time in the NFL. If you can go in, I think he started 
what, 39 straight games mm-hmm. or something like that at LSU at five foot nine, and won some big games. He was there for the turnaround of the program, mm-hmm. really. So, uh, And I know a lot of people I played with her, and they just say what a phenomenal leader he was and that uh, the team really believed in him, you know. And you don't see many guys five foot nine on the collegiate level today playing quarterback. In fact, I couldn't name a single one right now. Jimmy Smith, TigerDetails.com. I'm Christian Garrick. If you want to jump in the conversation, 504-260-1870. Tiger tailgating here on WWLAMFM.com. Have a look at the uh, internet right here, ESPN.com, and on the front and center is Tua Tunga Viola, the quarterback for Alabama. And, Jimmy, we were just talking off the air. We'll bring it on, on the air. And I mean, that guy makes Alabama virtually unbeatable because you know they're going to have a suffocating defense. They do every year, year in and year out. It's like a factory. They just roll off defensive linemen, linebackers, and safeties and corners. You know they're going to have great offensive lines because they do that too. They just print them. And then <laughs> running back as well. But this guy, I mean, as a college passer, his accuracy, we saw it. We witnessed it last year in the second half of the national championship game. We're witnessing it so far. By the way, Alabama and Texas A&M tied at seven. But this guy is – everybody was shooting themselves in the head when, when, when they realized how good this guy is because – you're already way. Everybody else is way behind Alabama, including including Clemson and Georgia. I think with Tua, with Tua, they're way behind Alabama. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they're beatable at this point. Let's let's call it what it is. And he's got another year left, maybe even two, beyond this. And that's really scary, not just for LSU fans, but basically everyone in the nation. I mean LSU. I mean Alabama's been a dominant program with average quarterbacks. I mean, they have not had a an elite-level quarterback throughout this run, the, the entire run of Nick Saban's era. I mean, uh, they couldn't beat Jalen Hurts, and the guy can't throw. I mean, he's really inaccurate. He's a he's a running back or a tight end playing quarterback. And, and so now you give him a talent like Tua, I mean, it, it's a really scary team. I just do not see them losing with him behind center. 14-7, to 7, the Crimson Tide are now back on top of Texas A&M. What do you think Jimbo Fisher's um, – what do you think of him – moving over to Texas A&M, and how, how quickly can he get that Aggies program on track? Yeah, they just don't have the personnel right now to really contend in the SEC West, um, but they've got some good pieces. And Jimbo's a heck of a recruiter. He's put together a, a staff that's that's a really strong recruiting staff. A lot of LSU guys, Damian Craig, uh, um, Bradley Dale Pavito mm-hmm. is there. Uh, Austin Thomas, who used to kind of be the general manager behind the scenes, is now working behind the scenes over there. And, and Tim Brewer's one of the one of the – best uh, most aggressive best recruiters there are in the country and so they're going to get talent there's a lot of talent in the state of texas texas longhorns are kind of down so i think they're going to kind of uh become that team within the state and so i'd say two or three years you're going to really start to see texas a&m uh push push for you know sec west titles sec titles and, and beyond uh jimbo's a heck of a coach He's a really good offensive coach. He knows how to build programs. It's been proven. Uh, and he got he got out of Florida State at the perfect time, let's be honest. That team right Will now. Will Taggart's struggling over there. Now. Oh, yeah. And, it, and it's, a, it's a roster issue. I mean, I'm sure Jimbo looked at his roster and said, hey, we, we've got to rebuild here. Now might be the time to leave. You know, and so it was a very smart move for him. And, and I don't think it's going to take him long uh, to get Texas A&M back in the hunt. When we're talking recruiting, and we talked about LSU's 2019 recruiting class, how much of that is – at the feet of Coach O and his recruiting prowess? A lot of it. You know, uh, before O was here, uh, Les Miles, I mean, when when the season began, they basically stopped recruiting or put it on hold. You know, it was really focused on the team. So about this time of year, every year, um, it's just kind of old school. You know, let's focus on football. Let's focus on the games. If we win, they'll come type thing. And, And 
about this time of year, every year, you'd hear a lot of prospects that LSU was in on start to say, I haven't been hearing from them much, you know. And, and yeah, they've kind of been fading of late. And, and while Les was able to put some good classes together, top ten nationally ranked rec- recruiting classes, there was really a, a lot of just narrow misses. Rashawn Gary is a guy that comes to mind who's now at Michigan. A lot of people think he's going to be a top five pick in the draft. He'd be at LSU if Les Miles recruited him in September or October. Uh, they just had a six-week gap where he didn't hear from him, mm. and so he moved on. And, and so Ed has a, a little different philosophy. I know he has the entire staff, everyone that can call recruits, get together multiple times throughout a week in the same room. It's basically a war room. Call everybody you can. They pass phones around. It's relentless. Ed's wow. built his reputation on recruiting, and, uh, and, and, and it all starts at the top, and the rest of the staff is kind of feeding off of that. Educate me, because this is your wheelhouse. Educate me on the time frames and what they're allowed, what they're not allowed to do when they can contact these guys, what they can do when they do contact them. Yeah, um, the, the rules are always changing. As it stands now, uh, the month of August pretty much was a, was a dead period, which you can't you can have minimal contact. Um, What's minimal? Um, you can't call. You can't host them on visits. Um, but you can text message, things of that nature. Mm. Um, and that's what's legally permitted, you know. And in college recruiting, there's a lot of things that go on that aren't reported. Uh, but um, you know, his staff, I know, like Mickey Joseph, uh, sends texts to all his top prospects every morning, words of encouragement, things of that nature. Uh, they try to talk to these kids as early, as much as often. Wow. You know, I mean, as often as they can. And they're o- they're only allowed to make so many phone calls in a week. Um, but the, the prospects can call them a lot. And, and it's a lot of, hey, if your mom calls, they'll pass the message. Well, tell your son to call later and a lot of that, you know. And uh, so, But right now it's pretty wide open. I mean, these kids, they can host visitors anytime they want. Um, they can go to their schools. They're only, only Each coach is allowed to go to a certain school twice in a, in a year. And so, uh, you know, you'll see one coach there one week, and if it's a big-time prospect, you might see another coach follow up in a week or two. Um, and then you see Ed Orgeron flying in helicopters across town. I mean, he took a – I mean, we're talking a 15-minute drive, and he took a helicopter to go drop in on Derek Stingley, kind of to make a statement, you know. And and uh, I know Dunham appreciated it. They welcomed him with open arms. But uh, he's really aggressive. This staff is really aggressive. And, and everything the NCAA allots them to do, they're going to do. They push it right up to the fringe of the rules. Right up to the fringe of the rules, as all the top programs do. Yeah, that's what, you, that's what you're charged with. That's what you should do. So can they contact their parents in, like, in lieu of – I know I can't talk to the kid, but can I talk to the parents? Um, yeah, kind of. It's one of those. Yeah, it's one of those. Yeah, it's one of those. You call me kind of thing. Or hey, if you happen to talk to her, like when you get home, you know, let her know. You know, so there's a lot of that that goes on. A lot of conversations between parents and coaches. Has anybody ever told you? I'm curious. I've heard stories about how Les Miles used to walk in and kind of be the closer, Mm -hmm. and when he walked into a to a to a den of a home, it was like. You know, it was pretty magical. Have you ever heard anybody say anything about how Coach O trying to close a deal, just what he does? Yeah, and it's it's a lot of um, your son is in good hands with us. You know, we're going to take care of him. He's going to be like family. Um, and Ed's kind of got that energy about him, right? And, and parents really enjoy that and really – I mean, football is an intense sport. Mm-hmm. And so when you have an intense guy like that, they really feed off of that. And, and he's been really good with parents, uh, really good with moms especially, you know, um, which was a, a lot of cons- a big concern for a lot of people because Les Miles was all, always really good with the mom, you know, and, and he's pretty charming. Yeah. I mean, let's call it what it is. Les no, is a charming true. guy. You cannot deny that. Yeah, and, and Ed has some of that with him too. 
and uh, and and so yeah, he's been I, really I good with the parents. I didn't. I mean, I, I know Ed Ogeron can can recruit, but I, when you're comparing personalities of Les Miles and Coach O, they couldn't be any more different. Right. But as far as I, he has the ability, I guess, to turn it on. I, I saw you saw a little bit of it in that in that movie. What was it? Uh, the Blind Side mm-hmm. when he appeared there. Have you ever seen? You ever seen Nick Saban recruit? Ever heard any stories about him? Yeah, I've actually been in that office before. Okay. <laughs> I've been in that office before. Very intimidating. Um, you know, his recruiting style is a, is a little different. You'll make some sacrifices to come here at Bama, but it's all going to pay off in the end. And uh, I think I was, when I went to his office, if I'm not mistaken, they just installed the door that closes on its own. He's got a button under his desk. And so that what was, was he, pretty What is he, the emperor? Yeah, it felt like Adam's family style. You walk in, you know, and, and uh, he's got these big, giant chairs. and, and uh, But, yeah, it's, it's very intimidating. Um, I don't get intimidated much. I've been around these guys sure. and for quite some time. But uh, I don't know if I spoke up at all in Nick Saban's office. I've got to be honest. And uh, it really made me uncomfortable. I think it was 2011 this or something. good stuff. Yeah. Jimmy Smith, TigerDetails.com, hanging out with us here on Tiger Tailgate. And phone lines are open at 504-260-1870. Back in about 90 seconds after our CBS News Update here on WWL. Uh, Jimmy Smith from TigerDetails.com, sitting in for Herb for us, giving us, being generous with his time for an hour. Uh, we're talking about your site, TigerDetails.com, and, and look, you got recruiting information up there, game previews, et cetera. What's the, what's the thing you, that sets Tiger Details apart? It's unique. It's, it's really the inside information. You know, we are behind a paywall. It is a subscriber service. Um, so, you know, on our message boards, we kind of we, we shed light on some things that usually don't get reported. You know what I mean? We have a weekly what we call a war room, which are those things, uh, you know, the behind-the-scene the details. And that's where the name details come sure. from. Sure, okay. And, uh, and it's really an inside look as to how why things happen the way they are. Um, the things you really don't want to put out in the public in the public site, you know, so – it's really just our, we're a group of insiders, and that's how we've built our re- reputations. And so uh, that's what we've brought to our board. And, and they've, you know, this is an old site. This is a, a, there was a site here before us, an LSU site and the Rivals Network. And so there was a lot of members that, that went through the, the change with us, and, and they're really excited about uh, what we've brought to the table. So we feel like we're really doing a good job over there. How would you get into this? You know, I was a, a former college scout, and then um, I used to run football camps and and all those things are really money chases. There's a commission jobs, and I, I needed to find something more stable. And so um, when I moved to Louisiana, uh, Marcus Carmouche, former LSU starting center, Marcus Carmouche, was a, a head of uh, TimespeakingNola.com sports department, and uh, he was looking for an insider that could cover recruiting. You know, he was an actual recruit, so he kind of knew the ins and outs and, mm-hmm. and that that information is really uh, important if you're going to be successful in reporting that type of stuff. So. He um, somehow, some way, found me on Twitter and just saw me kind of breaking some stories and uh, reached out to me, and I went and met him in flip-flops, you know, <laughs> and I wanted to show him, hey, I'm, I'm a little different. You know, if you want me on staff, this is me, you know. So I showed up in flip-flops, and he, he still uh, messes with me today about it. And, and that was really my first full-salary writing job uh, in 2012 with NOLA.com, and it lasted up until this year, until I got this opportunity at Rivals.com. You know, I've tracked you over the years. When it comes to recruiting, man, it, it, you don't miss. You just don't. Yeah, you know, I, I think I have an advantage that a lot of my competitors don't have is, is that I was a scout for a long time. A lot of these colleges. You can reach out and touch a lot of people. A lot of people. And so when people are trying to figure out, uh, is this kid going to LSU or Clemson or Texas A&M? Well, I know people on all those staffs. 
you know, whereas some a lot of local reporters are just kind of relegated to tapping into their LSU uh, base. So uh, I'm kind of able to kind of go around the country. You know, at one point I had 79 different schools contracting me for a scouting service. That's a lot of programs, and so I'm able to really tap into things that a lot of uh, a lot of others may not be able to. Ohio State 21, Tulane 6. So the Green Wave hanging with the Buckeyes. The Buckeyes should be on top a little bit more than that than over Tulane. Two scores. I'm just giving Casey Wainwright a hard time over here. <laughs> <laughs> you know Ohio State's going to open that up in the second half. That's going to be that's going to be a bit of a bloodbath. And look, Tulane's getting paid for it, and, uh, and it's a gr- it's a good experience for the, the Green Wave. And tell me about Willie. Well, we're on college football just in general. Willie Fritz. Um, this is thought of to be a, a pretty big year for him for that Tulane squad, potentially uh, qualifying for a bowl. They've had a, they've had a rough go at it though. I mean. The, they lost a heartbreaker against Wake Forest. They're probably going to lose today against Ohio State. They did beat Nichols State, but um, is he is, does he have that program on, on the right track? I think he does. Um, I know they're a lot more talented of a roster than they were before he got there, um, and that's always where it starts, right? you got to have the talent. And, uh, and he's brought some good coaches in recently, too. Uh, a guy, one of my best friends, J.J. McCleskey, is on staff over there, former New Orleans Saint, mm-hmm. great recruiter. Um, I think they're heading the right track, you know. But when you open up against uh, Power 5 schools like Wake Forest, Ohio State, uh, teams that are supposed to be better in Tulane, it's kind of hard to get off to a fast start. So, uh, But I think they're on the right track. I think they'll, they'll be bowl eligible by the end of this year. Um, this is a big year for him, though. If they, don't, if they aren't bowl eligible, I think he could go into next year on the hot seat. You know, So I think this is a big year for him, and, but I do think they're going to get there. Looking at some of the other college games ahead, my dad would – Love it if I just mention this, so I'm going to. Army's playing Oklahoma. That's going to be ugly in in Norman, Oklahoma. So um, hats off to the Black Knights, but it's going to be a rough day for you. But Army Army football, if I could just brag for a minute. Army football made my day, my dad's uh, year last year when they finally beat Navy. So he was uh, he was thrilled about that. And Army's coming here in, yeah. in, in a couple of years. It'll be the first visit since like 1958. And you remember Army? In the, in the 30s and 40s, Army was the premier program in yeah. college football. It's it's interesting to think about. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're they're coming here to Baton Rouge, so I'm sure. And when, when is that? Is that 2022? I think it's 21. Okay. Nonetheless, though, he, he's he's tickled about that. So moving on in the co- <laughs> excuse me college football scoreboard, um, Florida International trailing Miami, the U 14 to nothing, and Miami's kind of reeling a little bit too. Yeah, and coming into this year, um, that was a team I used to cover before I moved here. So um, coming into this year, I thought they were a little overrated. I didn't think they were the number eight team. The quarterback's pretty average. I think we saw that. Uh, you know. And I'll say while LSU had control of that game, uh, looking back at that game, if they had a quarterback that was a little more capable, that, that would have been very interesting. Uh, there were a lot of overthrows, a lot of missed opportunities uh, for Miami in that game. Uh, but, yeah, I think that team's going to struggle a little bit this year talking to some of their coaches prior to the season uh they thought they were a little overrated they knew that they're not quite there yet they're not in national championship contenders uh but you know i mean mark rick's a good coach they have a good base of of talent there some good coaches Uh, they're probably not far away i mean the acc isn't the sec there's only a couple teams really that, that are fighting for championships every year in that conference and now that florida state's on the decline uh florida isn't really playing that well Miami certainly has an opportunity to become the premier program in that state right now. I know they lost early to Auburn, but Washington, a lot of people were hitching their wagon to that, that school as one that could be considered in the top four in the, in the playoffs. Do you still see them that way? Did you see them that way originally? 
Uh, I think Washington's a good team only because of the conference they're in. You know, I think if Washington's in the SEC, that's an 8-4 and four team. Uh, I just think that there's there's that big of a discrepancy between the conferences. Conferences, I really do. Um, but they played Auburn really tough, and they showed they've they've got some some guys up front on both sides of the ball that can make plays. And and uh, but they they just weren't able to really punch it in. And LSU's offense seemed to have more success than them. Yeah. And LSU's offense isn't lighting it up. So. Uh, I think they're a good team for that conference. I don't think they're a premier program. You hear the sirens. That means the Tiger Walk is uh, right around the corner. Tradition here at LSU on the campus where everybody gathers around. They watch the Tigers come down the hill and from the PMAC and into uh, Tiger Stadium. It's a it's a spectacle. You've done that before. You went over there and watched that before, huh? Oh, yeah. It's we've, pretty neat. Yeah, we've watched it. We've we've tried to film it and cover it. It's, it's pretty cool stuff. It's, uh, it's very unique, and, and the fans certainly love it. Uh, the recruits really love it you know they're over there with their families right now i promise you there's a couple dozen recruits and their families over there waiting for this moment right now looking around the other uh scores clemson all right 21 nothing over georgia tech so far and i want to talk about clemson give me a is there any other team outside the sec that that is a threat to to to, uh, alabama aside from clemson or is clemson the only threat clemson might realistically be the only threat and that's just because we've seen them compete with Alabama. Seen them beat them. Yeah, seen them beat them. And uh, Oklahoma's a good team. I don't think they're that team this year. Um, I don't think there's another team in the, in the ACC. Ohio State's really good. Um, but, again, I, you know, their schedule is going to allow them to make the playoffs. They don't have a tough schedule. Uh, you know, and I, I'd hate to break it to you, man, but I, Ohio <laughs> State schedules a lot of cupcakes. And so they're going to be able to walk their way into the playoffs. But – um, and they have the talent to compete with Alabama. I just don't know if they have the horses up front. Uh, Alabama's very big and physical up front, and that's really what presents a lot of problems for these programs. So I think it's Clemson, Alabama, and and I don't think Georgia is the team they were last year, and I think Alabama is even better than they were last year with Tua uh, behind, the, behind the center. So uh, I think it's Alabama and everybody else. Let's look at um, – I agree with you. I mean, you know, there's Alabama, and there's a big there's a big drop-off after that. Let's look at it. Let's take a macro look at this LSU program. Uh, everybody projected them to have a down year this year, seven and five. That was or seven wins. That was the over and under by Vegas, and it looks like they're going to be able to get above that, maybe an eight or nine win program the way they've come out here. Um, but two years from now, a year from now, next year, this team's going to be uh, drastically different because of the youth that they already have right now, getting a year of experience, and then the recruiting class that they're bringing in in 2019. Do you think that LSU? Because I do. I think that they'll be in the national championship conversation in two years. I certainly think so. They're closing the gap. Um, the reason, the, the kind of slide, they took a step back in, in recent years, and it was really because um, they weren't as dominant up front. You're starting to get that dominant up front play again. And I mean, last year I thought LSU's offense and defensive line won the line of scrimmage against Alabama. You know, so and they seem to be even better this year, more depth. And a lot of these guys are young, going to be returning. The offensive line really seemed to gel last week. Austin Decula stepping in at right tackle looked phenomenal. Um, and then they, they, they have a couple guys that they're grooming to be uh, superstars on that offensive line. So uh, I think they have all the pieces in place to really uh, take that next step next year. I mean, I think they are the youngest team in the SEC as far as how many seniors they have starting on their roster. And they only have three senior starters. They're returning almost everybody next year which will be a first in quite some time. Of course, they're, they're expected to lose Devin White and Greedy Williams to the draft. Um, but LSU usually loses a ton. 
Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen next year. Uh, the, basically, the whole offensive line should come back, minus Garrett Brumfield. Um, the defensive line, I, I think Rashard Lawrence is a guy that was likely to come back. So, I mean, uh, they're going to be really good, and I think they're closing that gap. And I think next year they will be in that national championship hunt next year. Grant Delpit, can he be another uh, another big-time Jamal Adams kind of player? Absolutely. Um, the thing about Delpit is uh, he's got – better coverage skills than Jamal Adams right now. and He's, he's a sophomore. Yeah, and he's only a sophomore. Um, you know, his ability to line up over the slot and play man-to-man coverage, that's something J- Jamal struggled with throughout much of his LSU career. He's in the in-the-box type safety. Delpit's proven, hey, I can line up over the slot and play man coverage. Um, I can be the center fielder, and I can also come in blitz packages and play the run exceptionally well. Grant Delpit, to me, Outside of Deontay Thompson at Alabama, that's the second-best safety I've seen in college football mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. I think Grant Delpit is a future first-round pick. Rashard Lawrence, why do you think he would come back? Just going through his recruitment, this guy loves football. And um, I, I don't think he financially there's a huge need for him to make that jump. Um, while he has had a good start to this year and he was pretty good last year, he's not going to test out of this world at the combines. He's not – overly athletic so he's not going to be flying up draft boards i he's think powerful he, that's, that's yeah. his game he's, he's a power guy he's a, a fundamentals guy he uses his hands exceptionally well he's got a good get off um but he's a little limited you know athletically as to, to be a first or second round pick and uh with what they have returning and the relationships he has on the, on, on the team i feel like ed's going to be able to really sell him on coming back and being a part of a team that could contend for a national championship next year and uh, I think when they submit for the NFL draft grades, I don't think he's going to get that first or second round grade. And as you know, if you're not a first or second rounder, then the next pick is go back to school. Mm-hmm. They either tell you go back to school or you're a first or second rounder. So I think he's going to be advised to go back to school uh, with his friendships and everything they have returning next year. I think it's going to really entice him, and, and there's a good chance he'll come back. If you're hearing this and going, well, how come you see so many juniors that aren't? they know they're not going to be first or second rounders, go into the draft and even are okay with being a fourth, fifth, or sixth-round pick, it's because financially they need to, they need to make that break right away. There's, mm-hmm. there's something in their, in their family that they've got to provide for or what have you, so that's why they're willing to do it. And it's, 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 it's a sad situation. It's unfortunate because a lot of those guys that are told, hey, go back to school, you're going to be a fourth-round draft pick. Had they gone back to school, they would probably be a second- or first-rounder the, 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 the next season. So it's just, the, it's just kind of the nature of the beast. Nick, Bruce, uh, Nick Brosett, um, have you seen – to me, I think that he's been a pleasant surprise. I, I don't, I don't know that LSU could have forecasted, and I think he's, he's underappreciated as to why LSU is getting off to this three and zero start. And I, I know, I know they appreciate him in the building, but the tough yards he's been able to run for, in particular last week against Auburn, I think played a big role in that game. And it didn't show up on the stat sheet, but it certainly showed up in the, in the win column. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that's he's taken advantage of his opportunity for sure. Everything that that was there for him to get, he's got this year. You know. Um, He's been really patient in setting up his blockers. He's made the right cuts at the right time. Uh, I tell you, when you go back and watch the film last week, um, Joe Burrow gets a lot of the credit for the fourth quarters and, and, and the throws he made. If you go back and watch, Nick Brissett was phenomenal in the blitz pickup late in that game and stonewalling defenders that were going to have a shot at the quarterback. He allowed Joe Burrow to have that time. So he's really shown that he's a complete back. He's made some catches out of the backfield. He's been phenomenal in pass protection. Uh, He's found lanes that weren't there. He's fought for extra yards. He's been tremendous this year. And if you look back, 
LSU's had Charles Scott, Stephen Ridley's, a lot of these Ali Broussards, guys that weren't as highly touted as Fournette or Darius Geis of some of these guys that were really productive and played the NFL. He's certainly as good as a lot of those guys. He's a phenomenal running back. Uh, really surprised me this year. Um, I didn't think he was going to have this type of season. I really didn't know what to expect from the running back mm-hmm. position. He's been a pleasant surprise, and when you watch the film, it's even better than when you watch it initially. When you really watch all the little things he does, he's just a complete football player and a complete running back. Who's the best high school running back in the state? Probably John Emery at Destrahan. Uh, committed to Georgia right now, and I know a lot of LSU fans are going to be upset if that indeed uh, – you know, finishes out that way, and he plays his career in Athens. But he's a he's a dynamic runner. He's a he's a powerful guy, about 205 pounds, but he's really explosive. Uh, his change of direction ability, I would say, is up there with Darius Darius Geis and some of those type of backs. Uh, he's a great receiver out of the backfield. He tests exceptionally well. He's a four four flat kind of guy. Uh, he he's the real deal. Um, but right behind him, Ty Davis over at Southern Lab. This is a monster. Six one, 225, 230 pounds. Um, still a lot of room really to, to reshape that frame and become even more powerful. But we went and watched him play uh, U-High, the staff and I, a couple weeks ago. And, I mean, he just fought for yards. It looked like he was a horse out there playing playing with a bunch of ponies, you know. And U-High is the best team in the state. Yeah, and regardless of class. Yeah, and he's running through guys. So I think Ty Davis, if LSU doesn't land John Emery, Ty Davis will be able to step on day one and contribute at that running back position. Jimmy Smith, TigerDetails.com. I'm Christian Garrick. We'll step away and come back and wrap this thing up. Here on Tiger Tailgating on WWLAMFM.com. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 